Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. This morning we're teaching on fighting and dying for the kingdom. And as we've talked, as Pastor Melissa's word was breaking through the water and as Terry's was about comparing, and then this morning about our fear. Our fear is what controls us. I don't know about you, but if I don't do something, if I don't step out and do something, it's not because I didn't want to. We will say that, oh, I just didn't want to. But most of us, it's because we're afraid to. See, one of my life goals is to jump out of an airplane with a parachute. I so want to skydive. And there's a part of me that is a little bit nervous that I'm going to get to the edge of that door and go, I ain't doing this. And so I want to go with a friend that I know is willing to and they'll just push me. <laughs> because sometimes in our life, I don't know about you, but we need a push. And so this morning, I feel now that I've come to push you. Ephesians 6 Starting, or just 6.12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. None of us in the church like to talk about battles or fighting. We don't like to talk about a spiritual battle that we are in. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a church where... They believed in the power of God. They believed in the Holy Spirit moving. But I remember as a kid being told all the time, Chad, don't be so aggressive. Chad, don't be so aggressive. Don't, you don't need to be so competitive. But then I clued into something. God created that in me. Now, I understand that in our society, we use that in sports. We use that in different areas. But I believe God put that inside of me for a spiritual battle. See, we read Ephesians 12, or Ephesians, sorry, 6, 12, and we read it and we understand, yes, our battle is not against this. Our battle is not against each other. So that coworker, that boss, that, your, that neighbor, it's not against them. It's against the powers of darkness. Realize that if you don't get along with a non-believing co-worker or non-believing neighbor, the reason for that is, is his spirit does not want you witnessing to him. See, it's not that you guys don't get along. It's that the enemy doesn't want you to get along. And see, we read about, or in the same verse, we talk about the armor of God. And every one of us, I believe, if you are serving God, you understand the importance of putting on the armor of God. But why do you put on the armor of God if you don't believe that you're in a battle? I actually thought this morning of coming up here in my hockey gear, but it smells, (laughs) so I left it at home. 
where Melissa doesn't like the fact that it's in my house. But how silly would I look if I came up here in full hockey gear? Every one of you would look at me and go, this is the church, the rink is down the road, you're dressed for hockey. But if I put on the spiritual armor of God and I am dressed for battle, how ridiculous is it that I'm not battling? I don't know about you, but when you read the scriptures and hear what the armor of God is, that's some heavy stuff that you're putting on. I realize we're talking a spiritual sense, but if you think about what Paul was writing about when he was looking at it, no soldier is putting on all of his stuff to hang out. Sorry, Rick. I was with Rick. We were driving to hockey, and I saw all his fireman stuff in the back. And I guarantee you that if him and I were going to hang out, and I said, come on over, wear something comfortable. He's not showing up with that stuff on. <laughs> He's putting it on for one reason. To run into something that every one of us run out of. This is why we put on the armor of God. Because we are called to fight. Now, understand, to clarify, I am not talking physical fighting. I am not talking punching each other and brawling. I am talking a spiritual fight where our fight is on our knees. We are praying, we are worshiping, and we are seeking God to move. So what do we fight against? Well, one, we fight against sin. I don't know about you, but I know in my life sin causes problems in all areas of my life, it will affect our health, it will, reflect, uh, it will affect our relationships, our finances, our minds, and our emotions, and many other areas. As we are entering into sin, as we are doing and living in sin, it will affect all areas of your life. See, that's why in some areas of your life, if you are dealing with jealousy, jealousy might be the fruit that you see but it's not the root of the sin. If you deal with anger, anger is a sin, but it might not be the sin that you need to specifically deal with. You need to get it out of your life, but it will come back because you haven't killed the root. I've ate a couple pears off our trees outside this year. They're delicious. But I realized that if I went out there and picked every pear off of that tree... One, it would still be a pear tree. And in a little while, there would be more pears. The only way I'm stopping that pear tree from growing and producing pears is by taking it down at the root. So if we want sin out of our lives, we don't just deal with the fruit that we see. We have to get to the root of it to destroy it. Otherwise, it will come back. And see, Jesus has come, he came to restore us to a relationship with him. And we read in Luke 4, 18 to 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came 
to restore us to him. Sin came into the world and it separated us. Jesus came to die so we can now be restored to him. Here's the interesting thing Chris Vallison says on page 143 of his book. The amazing thing is that Jesus' death didn't make it possible for us to go to heaven when we die. Or sorry, didn't just make it possible for us to go to heaven when we die. But to live with all the benefits of a restored relationship with our father right now. Right now. It's not just about making it to the end. It's about living in a full relationship with Christ now. Fully empowered. But see, John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes not, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I had this conversation this week with a guy and we were saying that one of our biggest concerns in our lives, our biggest thought processes right now is are we truly, truly living? At the end of the day, does my life really matter? Am I making a difference? I don't know about you, but it's not just coming to work and getting things done. For me, my life is not just about coming and making sure that Bethel is running and working and preparing a sermon to speak to you. I want to know at the end of the day, not just the end of my life, but that I'm doing something that matters. Am I doing something that matters? See, Chris Valentin goes on to say on page 144, he said, God created a world where your vote counts and where our agreement with what he is doing is necessary to release the power in the world. See, you matter in his plan. What you do matters. If his plan is to bring revival to Stratford, which I believe every one of us is praying for, then you actually have a part to play in that. You matter. What you do every day matters. And Jesus needs you. Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed the principalities and the powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. We know that our battle is against the principalities, but he has already defeated them. We forget that he is already one. Which, you know what that means? You have already won. I love the saying, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. A little while ago, uh, McGregor, I forget his first name, Conor McGregor fought... What's his, somebody will know. Mayweather? Can you imagine going into that fight already knowing you're going to win? Can you imagine whatever scenario, think about the situation in your life right now that has you stressed. Not trying to make you worry in church, but think about it for a moment. Now you need to hear this as you think about that. You have already won. 
As you are searching for an answer, God has it already for you. Because he has defeated the enemy already. But see, here is the difficulty, and Melissa and I have talked about this for a bit, and you actually have a book about this. And here is such a powerful statement that he says. Chris Valton on page 145, he says this. When much of the church looks at the world, they see the, king, the enemy's kingdom from a defensive position. Our desire to do something about injustice gets buried by our fear. When we look and see what the enemy does, we take a defensive position. How many of you ever heard the saying, a good defense is a strong, a good defense is a strong, sorry, so many people are quiet. A good defense is a strong, have you ever thought that maybe as a church, as we serve Christ, we're not supposed to play defense, but we're supposed to play offense? How many people in their, wow, I'm guessing now mid to late 30s. Mid to late 30s, went to junior high camp. Anybody? Just me. Oh, a couple people. Anybody remember the song, I'm going to the enemy's camp? I'm going to take back what he stole from me? Do you notice it doesn't say, I sat outside and waited for them to leave, and then I went in and took what was left? Doesn't have the same punch, does it? I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. It means I went in, I went through and took it. I took it. If the enemy has something that he's withholding from you, remember that he already knows that he's lost. So go take it from him. Go take it from him. We have to understand the way we fight is we fight on the spiritual. Chris Valton, he says this on page 147, and here is such an important thing for us as a church. One of the ways we displace darkness and bring kingdom of God is by each of us as his children using the gifts which we have been equipped. See, I don't have your giftings. You don't have my giftings. That's why, as I said before, as we prayed, I believe you are here because you are the part of the body of Christ. See, I don't need to do what you do because you're supposed to do it. You don't need to do what I'm supposed to do because I'm supposed to do it. Now, do we help each other? Do we strengthen each other? That's how the body works. And here is why we need to exercise our spiritual gifts. Because Proverbs 27, 7 tells us, A satisfied soul loathes the honeycomb, but a hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. Do you realize in our society the way, the reason that psychics are coming up everywhere, the reason we see more witchcraft and we see more darkness in our society is because people are looking for the supernatural. And when they walk into church... They see people who are not operating in it. Who sit back because we are afraid of what other people will think if we 
exercise spiritual gifts. And then they leave the church and they go to find it and they find it. Because they're just looking for supernatural power. They're not even aware that what they find at first is unhealthy power, is the enemy, is the devil. See, we want to see the power of God move. And as you see, as you heard of the announcements, on November the 19th, we are having our encounter service here, and we are going to teach on the supernatural gifts, and we are going to try to get you to practice and exercise them and give you instruction and direction. So when you sit and go, I just don't know what to do, hopefully we can answer those questions for you. Because we believe that for you to see your neighbor saved, for us to see a shift in Stratford, that the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit need to be operating. And it can't be just by us. Because I don't live where you live. I don't work where you work. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They're mighty for pulling down strongholds. We're supposed to go and pull them down. You are supposed to go into your prayer room, into your prayer closet, and you are supposed to pray and you are supposed to intercede for the situations in your family, for in your life. You're not supposed to sit back and go, well, Lord, your will be done. Yes, it is his will, but we need to get in line with what his desires are. And we only do that by getting to know him. We fight by prayer. We're supposed to be on the offense. So how do we go on offense? We overcome fear. One of my verses that I live by, 1 Timothy 1.7. Say it with me. For God has not given us... Okay, so stand for a sec. Because see, I, when I read this verse sometimes, I feel like I need to stand, I need to walk sometimes. I just get everybody to stand to your feet. It's all right, come on. Now I want you to say this verse as if you mean it. Because see, if there's fear in your heart right now, it's not from God. So see... When I read this verse, here I want you to know what's going through my mind. I realize I have you standing, but just bear with me. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power. So you know what he hasn't given us? He hasn't given us weakness. He's given us love, so he hasn't given us hatred. He's given us a sound mind, so if your mind is racing on you, that's not from him. So now you get to say, from your heart, from your gut, what he's given you. So say it kind of like you mean it. And I hope you mean it. All right? Let's say it together. Let's say it with like, we're about to take the field of battle. William Wallace style. All right? One, two, three. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. When you receive all of that, 
before you're seated, when you receive all of that, the last thing, I don't know why I'm quoting William Wallace, but the last thing that he said was freedom. Because see, when you understand this, the spirit of the Lord is with you, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Amen. Sit down. Thank you. Realize there are moments in our lives, there is moments in my life where I have spent it in the front room of my house while everybody is sleeping and I have paced back and forth and the only thing that I can do is say this verse. I can't pray anything else. I don't know what to pray. The enemy's hitting me, but I do know that when he's hitting me, that it's not from God. So I just keep quoting that. Because this one takes an offense from me. It makes me recognize what's happening in my life. And I tell the enemy, I know that this isn't God. Because see, sometimes he likes to put thoughts in our heads where we actually start to believe them. And we remember that the only power the enemy has over us is where we agree with him. And as long as I don't agree, which means I'm not sure what to say, but this verse tells me I disagree. Memorize this verse. This is a solid one for me. This helps me through so many situations. Fear is not from God. Know that when you're experiencing fear, it's an attack. Now, there's healthy fear. I want to skydive. I'm not going to jump out of a plane without a parachute. (laughs) There's healthy fear. I understand. If you're sitting there going, well, Chad, some fear is good. Don't let the enemy mess with you to try to critique the the, the example that's being taught right now because you feel that you need to make sure that, oh, there's a healthy fear because you're stuck with fear. Receive the teaching that fear is from the enemy. Yes, If there's a transport coming, don't cross the road. But don't miss the teaching that if you're living in fear, it is not of the Lord. Chris Valentine on page 166 and 167, he says, There is just something about courage that causes the enemy to know he's already defeated. Because courage is is immune to his primary weapon, which is fear. I don't know about you, but many times in my head, I'm not good enough. I'm worried about what other people are thinking. And I believe that I can't do it. And I begin to realize that the enemy is lying to me. Because through Jesus, I am good enough. And I need to care more what God thinks than what you think. And if I can't do it, I know he can. So when I am weak, he is strong. And there's moments in our lives, trust me, as I say this, don't think that I don't struggle with it. I'm telling you exactly the things that go through my head. These are not examples I pulled out of a book. These are the things that go through my head. But it's also the true statements that I fight back with. I know who Chad is without Jesus. But I'm also starting to come to a better understanding who I am with Jesus. And when you come to that understanding, and this is what this whole series is about, that understanding that you are a daughter and a son of Jesus. And when you are, you can walk in that. And there's a boldness. 
Bill Johnson, he actually is quoted in the book, and he says, you only have power over the storm that you have peace in. If you want power over your storm, you need to have peace in it. And he references, as he says this quote, he talks about Mark 4, where Jesus is sleeping in the boat during the storm, and the disciples are panicking, and they wake him up and say, we're going to die. And he stands up and says, peace be still. And everything calms. When the storm is raging, have peace in God. And when you have peace and believe in him, he will give you the power over the storm. We can't have the power without the peace. I cannot take control of something I'm fearful of. But as long as I'm not fearful, I can take control. And so how do we do this? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to die to ourselves. I don't know about you, but when you think about our fears, when we think about comparison, it's about us. It's about me. See, when I think about I'm not being good enough, or if I can't do it, or what do you think, my whole thought process is, what if I fail? What if I mess up? Oh, what are you going to think of me? See, it's one of those things. When you try something and you fail, will humans sometimes question? Maybe. But if you try the same thing and succeed, you'll get the praise. Isn't it weird? Man, I think some people are just brave for trying. I think you're just brave for trying. Chad, I shared the gospel with my neighbor. They didn't come to church. Okay? Try again. Try again. Try again. I've used the example many times if you think of an infant learning to walk. I haven't seen one infant get up and start running. The first step they ever try, they kind of smash their face off the ground. Let's be honest, everybody's laughing. If you get it on YouTube, you get lots of hits. It's great. But what gets more hits when they take the first step? They take the first step. Take the first step today. Matthew 16, 24 says, When Jesus said to his, then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. When we desire his life more than ours, we don't have fear. We don't have fear when we desire his over ours. Because now it's his. Romans 6, starting at verse 3 says, Or do you not know that as many of you, sorry, that as many of you as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We're talking about water baptism. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so... We also, have, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of death, certainly we also shall be in likeness of his resurrection. We are supposed to die to ourselves and live for him. And this is what we express outwardly with water baptism. As we go under the water... We are recognizing, proclaiming that we are dying to ourselves. And as we come up out of the water, we are resurrected as new and going to serve and follow him for the rest of our lives. 
Some of us who have been baptized need to remind ourselves of what it said. Some of you in your journey with Christ, maybe this is the next step for you to take. Because we're walking through this series and we're getting closer to God and understanding our relationship with him, we feel one of the best ways to wrap up this series at the end of November is on the 26th to have a baptismal service. And so if you're here this morning or you know somebody that wants to get water baptized, we're going to do it at the end of, this, at the end of November. And so if you want to be water baptized, contact the church office and we will start the process to get you baptized. So you can proclaim publicly that you're no longer going to live for yourself but live for God. See, it's interesting, when we die to ourselves and we live for Christ, fear is gone. Chris Valton, in his book, he talks about a story of where he was very, very sick. And the doctors didn't give him much hope and he was scared. And so he called his friend who had just come through a few years before um, cancer and was clean and was living healthy and strong. And he called him and he said, when you were going through this, were you ever afraid? And his friend answered, no. So Chris asked him, like, how were you not afraid? And his friend answered, you can't threaten me with heaven. You can't threaten me with heaven. And I thought of that as I read it. And I was like, how often when we're praying and we're praying for healing and I believe in healing, but a person isn't healed and sometimes we question it when really God just brought them to a better place. I still pray for healing. But when healing doesn't happen, I don't question God. And I don't question his power to heal. But I realize now that you can't threaten me with heaven. I love my wife, I love my family. But I can't fathom what heaven is like. There's a part of me that just wants to be there. But I also believe that we can pray as Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe we can have it today. Hebrews 2 says this, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself must likewise in the same that, though, that through death he might be, destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. If you know that you're serving Christ and you have a relationship with him and you're going to heaven, what do we really have to fear? For me to die, I'm with Christ. I don't have to fear. And we don't live at this moment in a society where you're going to lose your life for sharing Jesus. At this moment. Chris Valton says, imagine, just imagine, what a whole army of living dead people can accomplish when they no longer, when they are no longer intimidated by the grave, but are filled with the boldness of God. Imagine what it's like if every one of you, if we stopped fearing what people thought, and we didn't have fear, 
but we were bold for Christ. Revelation 12 to 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. I love the fact that it says they overcame. It doesn't tell us that we can overcome, but we, he's already been overcome. You already have the victory. It's already done. He's been defeated. I love the way Chris says it on page 164. He says, the war has already been won. The only thing that remains is to fight the battles that enforce the victory. You're not trying to win it. You're just trying to remind him, hold on, you're not allowed here. The devil has already been defeated. Jesus, listen to this, Jesus knocked his teeth out of his mouth. What is he going to do to you? Gum you to death? I don't know about you, I'm not a big fan of cats. Sorry. But when I play, I'm getting some amens around the room. Probably getting more amens there than a lot of things. But as I wrestle with cats, as I go to see them and pet them, one of my first things to do is I wrestle with them. I think I actually just torment them. But as I do, the moment somebody says to you, oh, don't worry, the cats are declawed. Doesn't it automatically make you go, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> right? You automatically are like, this cat cannot hurt me. What Chris is just telling you is the enemy has lost his bite. He's all bark. He's no bite. His claws have been declawed. He can't hurt you unless you believe him. And he's just a liar. Call him in. When he lies in your head, just look at him and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Because literally his pants are on fire. Didn't really think about that till right now. Don't let him lie to you. Face your fears. Henry Varley, he said this to D.L. Moody. And if you know who D.L. Moody is, I'm sure this encouraged him. The world has yet to see what God can do through one man or woman who is wholly surrendered unto him. Will you be that person? Let's pray. Father, I pray that you help us to fight the spiritual battles in our lives. That, Lord, we begin to understand the power that we have and the strength that we have because of who you are in our life. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you stir up in us a boldness to face our fears because, Lord, you have not given us a spirit of fear. But you have given us love, power, and a sound mind. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray for many people in this room to turn away from their, their fears, Lord, and understand that the battles that they are facing... It's already been won. And stir up the courage in us, Lord Jesus, to fight the fight for you, to win the race. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer, the prayer team is there for you. Have a great day. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. Come back and check out next week's message as well.